Welcome to Practical Wisdom, a weekly podcast about ancient Greco-Roman philosophy. I'm your host, Massimo Piliucci. Today's reading is from Epicurus, Letter to Menaceus, Prologue. Quote, No one should postpone the study of philosophy when he is young, nor should he weary of it when he becomes mature, because the search for mental health is never untimely or out of season. To say that the time to study philosophy has not yet arrived, or that it is past, is like saying that the time for happiness is not yet at hand, or is no longer present. Thus, both the young and the mature should pursue philosophy, the latter in order to be rejuvenated as they age by the blessings that accrue from pleasurable past experience, and the youthful in order to become mature immediately through having no fear of the future. Hence, we should make a practice of the things that make for happiness, for assuredly, when we have this, we have everything, and we do everything we can to get it when we don't have it. Unquote. I must admit that I have arrived at the study of philosophy pretty late in life, in my early 50s to be precise. I mean, I did study philosophy in high school when I was growing up in Rome, but that was the history of philosophy, not philosophy in the sense in which Epicurus means it. Throughout my early adulthood, I kept reading philosophy, this time mostly philosophy of science, because it was closely connected to my profession as an evolutionary biologist. But again, that's a rather technical and esoteric philosophy, not what falls under Epicurus's concern. Then, in my early 40s, I actually decided to go back to school and get a graduate degree in philosophy, partially with the intent of giving a different direction to my academic career. But once more, not the sort of philosophy Epicurus is talking about. I finally got to the latter only once I started studying and practicing Stoicism, almost a decade ago now. So what is Epicurus talking about exactly? He's referring to philosophy in one of two commonly accepted meanings. One meaning has to do with what I do when I teach and write scholarly papers for the City College of New York, professional philosophy. Few people are qualified or care enough to do that kind of philosophy. The second meaning, the one that Epicurus is referring to, has to do with philosophy as a way of life. Everyone can practice that sort of philosophy. All that is required is a normally functioning human brain and an interest in happiness. That's why Epicurus says that no one should postpone the study of philosophy to a later time. Indeed, who would not be interested in being happy? Of course, the notion that philosophy may bring happiness, which was common to all the Greco-Roman schools, may strike most people as preposterous. But that's because those people confuse the two meanings of philosophy I have just outlined. It is certainly the case that practicing academic philosophy does not bring happiness, though some of us do find it challenging and rewarding. Happiness, rendered in Greek with the all-important word eudaimonia, is arguably the only intrinsic or ultimate good in human life. An intrinsic good is distinguished from an instrumental good in the following fashion. Take any instrumental good, such as money. It makes sense to ask, why do you want money? The answer may be that money brings the ability to buy a large house, or to travel, or to get the latest smartphone, or whatever. The ones I just listed, by the way, are all further instrumental goods. It does make sense to ask, why do you want a large house? Why do you want to travel? And why do you want 
the latest smartphone. What doesn't make much sense is to ask, why do you want to be happy? And that's the hallmark of an ultimate good. When you'd be puzzled if someone were to ask you, why do you want that? So if happiness is the ultimate goal, how do we reach it? That, of course, is the big question that this podcast is pursuing through the lenses of multiple Hellenistic schools of philosophy. In fact, one way to characterize the various schools, like Epicureanism, Stoicism, Platonism, Cynicism, and so forth, is precisely by their recommended recipe for happiness, in the broad sense of eudaimonia, better translated as the life worth living. Going back to what Epicurus writes to his friend Manutius, he says that, quote, the search for mental health is never untimely or out of season, unquote. This may appear to us as a rather strange way to talk about happiness. Mental health? But Epicurus, together with the Stoics in this case, often draws an analogy between practical philosophy and medicine, arguing that just as a doctor takes care of our physical health, a philosopher can help us maintaining our mental health. Nowadays, that would be the job of a psychologist. Except that psychologists seem to be overly focused on mental illness, not health. It is only recently that some of them have realized that there is such a thing as a healthy mind that needs nurturing. The resulting movement, often referred to as positive psychology, is actually pretty close to an empirically informed version of practical philosophy. Indeed, the boundary between philosophy and psychology these days is pretty blurred, something that would not have surprised either Epicurus or the Stoics. Epicurus also writes that, quote, both the young and the mature should pursue philosophy, unquote. How young and how mature? The answer to the first question, according again to both the ancient writers and developmental psychologists, is that we can begin to teach practical philosophy to kids as soon as they reach the age of reason. This is often defined as the age at which children become capable of rational thought, have internalized a sense of conscience, and have better capacity to control impulses. Usually, this happens around the age of seven. At the other end of the human lifespan, there really is no end limit to the study and practice of philosophy. It will benefit us even on our deathbed. Actually, the Stoic Seneca would argue especially on our deathbed, as our own mortality is the ultimate test of our intellectual and moral development. Thank you for listening to Practical Wisdom. We will return next week, fate permitting.